and sisters, happy Sunday. Folks, let's pray. Almighty God, transfigured and revealed, reveal to us a holy word. Heal us for the salvation of all of your people. Amen. I want to talk a little bit today about miracles, uh, and one specific kind of miracle uh, that's available to you today, every day of your life. Um, miracles are great. <laughs> Participating in the miraculous is a fantastic way to boost your well-being and increase your vitality and get through the week. Um, we're all navigating this thing. Uh, we're all here on this wet rock in space together. And uh, we put forth our own expectations on reality. And we interpret what we see out there through our senses. And now, some of you, I think a lot of people, have kind of made worlds for themselves that are devoid of the miraculous, um, depopulated of saints and angels and prophets and whatnot. That's kind of too bad. Um, this, uh, over the course of the last two weeks, uh, the news has been paying close attention to a parent revival taking place at Asbury Seminary. And it has garnered a reaction from people on all spectrums of life. The students there at Asbury have spontaneously begun to praise God and to testify to the things that they have seen and experienced. And uh, the word revival is being used. Um, the last time a revival like this happened at that school was in the 1970s. I think it was the year 1970. This is kind of a big deal. Revival takes hold of people. And out of revival comes reform. Reform is something that we've experienced in the church over the course of the last 2,000 years. And it um, also revival for students of history, you know, comes at times of deep cultural crisis and confusion. That seems to be the intersection in our life and history where God gives revelation. God pours out visions, typically on young people. When I was the age of these students at Asbury Seminary, it was um, the beginning of the Iraq War. It was a time of deep alienation and frustration and confusion. And I experienced revival in my own way, as millions of us took to the streets in New York City and Washington, D.C., demanding an end to war. I didn't have the comfort of experiencing revival inside of a church because so many of us didn't want to go to the churches because the churches seemed distant. They didn't really seem to care that once more my generation was being armed and led into the teeth of war, wars that would ultimately become the longest wars in U.S. history. So my prayer for these students at Asbury is that they remain steadfast and that they remember that revival takes time. And that they keep their eyes open for the miraculous. They don't lose that. I don't know why people or when they decide to stop seeing miracles. Um, I'm less interested in that than I am with reminding them how to do it. Uh, so I'll give you some, uh, I'll give you a, a application principle here this week. Uh, this is called transfiguration. And uh, it works if you practice it. So, Today in the Gospel, we see the parameters for the disciples. Um, 
At issue is this recurring theme that comes back to us again and again and again in the Gospels. It's what those students at the Asbury Revival are wrestling with in this very moment, and that is an answer to the question of who do you say I am? Jesus turns to us from the pages of the Gospel, really the whole Bible, and says again and again and again, who do you say that I am? Being able to answer that question is central to our faith journey. Jesus asks that question of Pontius Pilate, many people in the Gospels, and he asks it for us. And the problem with the disciples isn't always that they don't really understand what he's saying, they just don't seem to know who he is. They can't see him. And I mean see him in the spiritual sense. Have you ever spent... Have you ever spent like a half an hour looking for your cell phone and you've looked everywhere and uh, you looked under the couch and you looked in the basket of baby toys, you even looked in the fridge because it's gone in there sometimes. And finally, you you have the brilliant idea, I know I'll call my cell phone and then when it rings, I'll know where it is. So you take out your cell phone and you start dialing your own number. (laughs) You want to do this? I don't know how far you get into this process. I do this sort of thing a lot. I'm a little scatterbrained. I'm often operating on less than optimal sleep, uh, but as the kids get older, that gets a little better. I, nobody warned me for the stage of life, though, when the kids start coming back into your bed because um, they get scared. The parents need to be prepared for that, uh, I'm just saying. Um, I've looked at the coffee table in my house and I've said the words aloud to my beloved spouse. I know in my heart that my car keys are on this coffee table, but I cannot for the life of me see them. (laughs) She says, they're right there, you goof. But sometimes in life we just look and look and look. We don't see. We don't see. In a previous church I served, we used to have um, acoustic folk music concerts every Friday night. And they were hosted by a wonderful group of musicians, and the musicians were really playing for each other. Um, But other folks would come in and sit and listen. And um, I'll never forget uh, Seth Bernard, when he used to come through and play his music. And he he would ask the crowd gathered there, he would say, don't He said, I don't want you to just listen to this music. I want you to hear it. And I think that so often in life we're looking, but we're just not seeing. Sometimes it takes a miracle to actually see what's going on. Six days later, it says Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he's transfigured before them. His face shines like the sun. And I always add in my mind at this this verse, and finally they were able to see him. They were able to see him. They'd been with him. They just couldn't see him. A bright cloud overshadowed them. How does that work? What does that mean? A bright cloud overshadows them? From the cloud, a voice says, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And that's the vision. Then they see the divine personhood of Jesus Christ, who is God. They're able to see him for the first time. 
All right, here's that application principle I promised you guys. When you're out there in the world, you're living your life, driving your car, uh, walking your dog, ordering lunch, yelling at robots on the phone, whatever you're doing, doing your activities of daily living, you encounter another human being. What do you see? Humans are fascinating animals. We evolved over thousands of generations on the savanna. We evolved to see patterns, to see patterns of behavior, to recognize patterns. It's programmed into our brain. We had to have this. It became very useful for avoiding getting eaten by giant bears and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's lousy for building community. Because it's useless when it comes to actually seeing other human beings. Because we tend to see patterns and not people. We tend to see patterns, not people. When the disciples, on their journey before the mountain, they looked at Jesus Christ, they, they saw a very familiar pattern, I'm sure. Prophet, helper, healer, teacher, rabbi, brother, friend. Some of them saw the pattern Galilean. Some of them saw a worker's son, a rabble rouser, a rule breaker, wine drinker, they call him. They saw patterns, but Jesus needed them to see him and to know him, to see the reality that was hidden from them behind these patterns. We do the same when we see a person. Oftentimes the patterns get in the way of the vision. We see patterns, we see truck driver, uh, elderly, see Catholic priest, cashier, we see a black person, a, a child, we see a headscarf or a baseball cap, we see a wheelchair, we see a homeless person, we see patterns, patterns. There's always these patterns firing off in our brain, unemployed, immigrant, Democrat, liberal, Christian, Muslim, politician, prison inmate, patterns, and we get lost in this ocean of pattern recognition. It won't end, and we will miss the miracle until we retrain our mind to see beyond patterns, until we retrain our mind to see human being, human being, human being, human being, human being. I'm not saying that the things that set us apart or distinguish us are unimportant. I don't advocate for kind of this flavorless colorblindness, washed out, something like that. The things that, that differentiate us from one another are often beautiful and interesting, sometimes tragic, always wondrous. Human beings are marvelously complex and diverse creatures. But if we see and confirm only the patterns, well, we can, we can stare at that coffee table looking for our car keys all afternoon and never see a thing. The miracle, the miracle happens when the human being inside of you sees first the human being inside of the other. And as Bonhoeffer teaches us, then the Christ in you will recognize the Christ in them. Every single human being is an icon of God. 
Every single human being is the best and most accurate image of the living body of God. And the features of the face of Jesus Christ are written into the features of every human face. So quite literally, when you stop this practice patterning people into categories, categories that you might give your approval or disapproval, and you say first instead, behold a human being, a living icon of Jesus Christ, you will ignite a momentary miracle where you and Peter and James and John are standing on a mountaintop sharing a vision of the living God. And you can do this whenever you want. Just look at the human being and make the choice, pattern or person. You see your coworker at lunch, or you see that cashier at the grocery store. Stop seeing middle management. Stop seeing essential worker, whatever, and see instead a living, breathing human being who bears the mark of God upon them. That's the miracle of recognition. The incredible complexities of time and experience brought the two of you together. And I think that I'll also add that for some of us, this is a very helpful medicine, maybe a helpful antacid for the political indigestion that's currently keeping us up at night. You don't achieve a relationship when you convince someone that you're right and they're wrong. That's important. Relationship is not accomplished by winning an argument. Relationship is not accomplished when we make them look like us. Relationship is only accomplished when the presence of Christ in you witnesses to the presence of Christ in them. Or as my therapist is fond of putting it, you can be right or you can be in relationship. Do this thing. See through the patterns and the biases. See the person. Remember the person. And things will get better for you. And for them. I'll break it down into four easy steps. First, find a human. <laughs> Second, look them in the eye, if possible. Third, refuse to assign them to a pattern. And then fourth, seek out the face of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to wander around out there like a, a, a bunch of pious Pollyannas. Sometimes being given the vision of another person's innate holiness can be heartbreaking. Especially when you witness to the grace that's in them while you're being asked to fight against the evil behavior that they're perpetrating. Wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Now, every, every, single, every single person has broken stuff inside of them, but not every person goes around breaking other people's stuff. But even for those who Jesus Christ says will hate us and despise us, if you search for the vision, you will find compassion for them. It makes it practically impossible for us to hate anyone ever again. And it's not a bad way to get through this place intact. It's a good way to find friendship and relationship despite our outward differences, despite our different beliefs, cultures, histories, social standing, all of it. 
It's the thing that we search out that binds us together suddenly. Well, won't let us go. And it takes practice. But if you want, if you want it, you can practice it. You're given endless opportunities every day. It's a miracle that you can have every day to see the person, to remember the person, and to see the face of Jesus Christ. So, we can all go out there this week and find our car keys. Yeah? Amen? Amen.